Ladies and gentlemen, how do you are listening to the Synapse Films Podcast, a journey into the world of Synapse Films. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Susie Banyan decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous school of dance in Europe. The killer is coming. The killer's gonna get you. I'm just crazy about this store. I've been expecting you. You thought Iron Me was a heavy metal band. <laughs> Don't drink my flavor. Welcome to the Synapse Films Podcast. I am Timo Sabin. Some folks in the horror community know me as Timo. I will be your host on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Greetings, friends, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. We have a jam-packed show to bring you, but first, a few notes to pass along. I'm pleased to report that the Synapse Films Podcast, this podcast, is now available on Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts. So if you prefer to stream or download your content from those outlets, just do a search for the Synapse Films Podcast, and we should pop right up on that search. Also want to remind everyone, if they have any questions pertaining directly to this podcast, please email me at tim at synapsefilms.com. Okay, let's jump in. So we just got back, as you may know, from Horror Hound in Cincinnati. So we will be checking in with Jerry here in a moment and reporting back from that show and letting everybody know how that went. And I was going to record a conversation with Don May Jr. while we were there at Horror Hound Cincinnati, but things got really busy, so we just decided to record one after we got back. So after Jerry and I have our conversation about Horror Hound and a few other things we have coming up, we finally get the elusive man himself, Don May Jr., the other co-owner of Synapse Films, finally uh, wrangled Don, and uh, we have a real nice long chat about some current things going on at Synapse Films, as well as some history about Don himself and the company. So if you want a little news or some updates on the upcoming releases of Demons and Demons 2, Tombs of the Blind Dead, Creature from Black Lake, and yes, even Kindred, I suggest you listen. Now, for better or worse, this episode is a little bit longer than normal in length, so let's jump right in as we do on every episode, checking in with Synapse Films co-owner, Mr. Jerry Chandler. Hey, Jerry. Hey, man, what's happening? Recovering from Horror Hound Weekend in Cincinnati. I got news for you. That that show, way more than flashback, needed a lot of recovering from. Oh, yeah. I don't even think I've, I've recovered yet. No. It's it's definitely a more high-paced show. Uh, bigger, of course, and everything. But, uh, but, again, as we've said on the show before, all the shows have their own personalities. And, and that one definitely has a unique one, too. But it was so great to see Nathan and Aaron again. And and just all the all the the you know horror hound crew that that we've missed Jerry you know I was kind of looking this up now Angie Angie's brother Brian and his wife were there and they had tickets for the horror hound that had gotten canceled due to COVID and I believe it was those tickets were purchased in 2019. That's quite possible. Oh my God! So that's been quite 
quite a long time. Um, and yet there was uh, still another really, really good uh, Synapse team at the table, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, we had we had some uh, almost like an alternate crew, you know, because depending on what geographical area, you know, we are appearing at depends on, you know, which uh, of our helpers we can draw from. So I got to meet, uh, let's see, your buddy Steve. Yeah, Steve is a personal friend of mine from real life. Uh, I actually do have one. Oh. Um, well, that's just a rumor. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. It, some people have told me I do, so maybe yeah. I do. <laughs> but Steve is one of those great guys. You know, he. I remember a couple years ago when we were doing shows regularly, you know, he had nothing to do one weekend. And I usually have a, a movie club at my house. And I, I said to the guys, hey, I'm going to be out of town. I'm doing the show and blah, blah, blah. So after everybody left, he stuck around and he started asking me questions. So I said, hey, why don't you come with us and talk about like a beat of honey, man? He just he loves it. He loves it. And he's so much fun to be around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He was a great. Guy. Just, uh, yeah. Steve Roy is is one of our one of our favorites. And again, he's not even he wasn't even, you know, in the, the Synapse fandom. He's just a personal friend. Right. But yeah, you know, these shows are so much fun to go to and it's even funner to work them. Oh, right, know? right. Well, then you also so, had, uh, I, I met, uh, this, I believe, you know what, this might be my, and I, I consider him a friend now, but this might be my first Canadian friend. I, I met I met Sean. Sean's, now, Sean has a different genesis of how we we absorbed him. Okay. Uh, you know, Sean was a fan. He was a fan from Windsor. And, uh, you know, it's hard to remember how we exactly met. He might have just picked up the phone and called the office one day. Uh -huh. But again, Sean is one of those incredibly knowledgeable people. He knows so much about film and, and movies and stuff, way more than I do. So we, you know... Uh, we had known him for a number of years. Great guy popped across the, the river to the, you know, from Windsor, Ontario, where he lives to Detroit mm -hmm. and would pop into our offices once every couple months. Sometimes he'd bring friends. Uh, his nephew is the actual president of Synapse Films. I know Don has the title, but it's a title only. Mm -hmm. His sister brought him once with the baby when the baby was about a year and a half old. And I said, that kid is so cute. I am making him president of Synapse Film. <laughs> it's not a paid position, <laughs> right. but he does hold that title. Wow. Sorry, Don. <laughs> Anyways, uh, a couple years ago, a guy that does a show, his name's Louis Serres. Uh, if I massacred your name, Louis, please forgive me. <laughs> as if you'll ever hear this, but, uh, you know, <laughs> he has a show in Toronto. It's a very small show. It uh -huh. takes place in a church. Oh, wow. there's just a, a handful of vendors, but he had some amazing guests. Uh -huh. You know, there was about eight guests and, uh, they were great. Uh, they were from demons and, and some other guests and stuff. Plus the Canadian fan base is amazing. Uh -huh. Those people, are just they're just great and so for a tiny 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 show 
It was well attended. We had a ton of fun, but that's besides the point. The point was, it was just me and Don, and we didn't know how big or small the show was going to be. So we called Sean, and we said, hey, dude, how'd you like to be a volunteer at the you know Synapse table? And, of course, he was beside himself. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he really likes us, or at least he likes Don. <laughs> and he said, oh, my God. So he... We picked him up in Windsor. It was I remember we we crossed the, the the tunnel. We went through the tunnel, picked him up in Windsor. We all drove up to Toronto together, did the show. We dropped him off at home Sunday night and came back home. And again, we love people like Sean. I mean, he was all business. He didn't he wasn't off shopping or running around. Right. He he spent the whole time at the table talking to people and working and and so Last week, he came into our office, and I said, Sean, I thought the border was closed. He goes, it is, but you can still fly from Canada to the U.S. So I flew in, and I'm here for three weeks because once you do that, you have to quarantine. Uh So I said, great. Well, guess what? It just so happens Don and I are about to leave for a show. We're taking Noah. And we have Steve coming, Steve Roy. I said, but that's it. There's just four of us, and it's a big, big show. You feel like coming and helping. And uh, once again, he said, oh, my God, yes, yes. <laughs> right. And there you have it. And right. what a, uh, again, what a fun, great person to have. I mean, he was, again, I, I never saw him go shopping. He ended up with a, a ton of stuff. He bought some things from your your friend there. Oh yeah, yeah, but, we were yeah, we were helping. We were not just just, just out, of, out of clarity. Angie, Angie, and myself were helping an old friend that we've been helping for years, a, a fellow vendor, uh, vendor Bob. And uh, so we were not your. Ta- but you know, honestly, we looked at your table, the way it was set up, and and it was it was it was well crowded. Meaning meaning you guys you guys had it pretty much filled up. And if Angie and I would have been there. Might have sardined it a little bit too. Well, you know, because of COVID, they were limited in space. Mm-hmm. So we usually have a much bigger area. And actually, the original area that uh, those guys gave us was half that size. Mm. And I went to them and I said, guys, I know there's COVID and everything, but this is not going to work. I mean, I'm going to have to leave half my stuff in the car. Mm-hmm. And so they were gracious enough to to slide me over to a bigger spot. But mm-hmm. it was only due to COVID. Right, right, you know? right. So, so I, I am not anticipating if we could ever throw this off and go back to a somewhat normal life. I don't anticipate being squeezed like that again. Sure. And of course, you and your darling wife are part of the team so it's actually not your call you have to come and help us <laughs> oh <laughs> we will upon. <laughs> remember my manos thing i am oh. the master oh you are the master jerry i gotta tell you something this is i, I the master did make another appearance and i think that it's going to have to be part part tradition that at least on one day the beginning of the day for only like five or ten minutes you have to swoop across the entire the entire uh, uh, vendor hall as the master. Now the problem is okay. is we can't we couldn't really get anybody to go with you because you're the only guy with a costume. So my theory is by next convention season, because unfortunately now 
It's been a little bit of a truncated convention season. I'm glad we had any kind of convention season, but it is winding down a little bit. By the time you hear this, you guys will have already, I think, gotten back from Cinema Wasteland. Cinema Wasteland. Yes, yes. Um, so it is winding down, and we are, we are entering what I'm calling the winter of our discontent. So we're going to have a winter <laughs> full of Synapse Films content on the show and everything and pick up where we left off with some potential guests. But when we resume next year, uh, I'd like to think that maybe we have something planned out to make real brief runs around the uh, convention hall uh, with a really good Manos cosplay that's going to come in, torpedo everyone, and disappear out of nowhere. What do you think? I can only do that if I have... My Torgo. Oh, I got a walking I, stick. <laughs> Good. You got to start assembling your Torgo because you are the world's greatest Torgo. I told people, I said, I've never seen anything like it. Tim can actually turn his feet so they're facing backwards. <laughs> and his knees bend the wrong way. It's crazy. Right. right. So I got to have my Torgo. Uh, well, you're going to have your Torgo and you're going to have your Toga women too, I'm sure, because we'll... We're, we're going to get this taken care of. We're going to get it put together for sure. Um, oh, that would be awesome. Yes. Awesome. So like to also mention, of course, your your lovely daughter, Noah, was there again. It was so wonderful to see her again. Angie and I loved talking to her. Um, we did get to go, even though we were helping help my friend Bob in the evenings, uh, we did get to go hang out and do our thing, and it had a ball. had an absolute ball uh, with everybody. Uh, hey, your good buddy, John Everson was there and uh i gotta tell you his room was right next door to ours so we sat up at least two nights for for guys our age it was it was we were up into the wee hours jerry chandler it was almost like one or one thirty. i mean i'm telling you our bats flying around us and stuff but we we sat up and i don't th- i don't think you even knew this but we sat up and we solved all the world pro- all the world's problems two nights in a row uh, uh, John Everson and myself did. And Angie was sitting there, uh, I think, mostly looking at her phone and rolling her eyes at us. We had a ball with him. And again, we did go, uh, he did get to come out with us uh, and have some drinks and even had a nice dinner on Saturday, right? Oh, my God. Let me just say something. Your wife asked me, the lovely Angie O'Saban <laughs> asked me, hey, Jared, do you mind if I make the dinner reservations for saturday night there's a restaurant that tim and i have gone to many times and we love it it's our traditional thing so far be it from me you know i would never say no but you know italian's not really my thing that much and i'm on a very limited diet for health reasons and but i'm never gonna let anyone not get to a meal because of me that they want. You right, know? I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we went and I, I will say this, I've been going to the Cincinnati show. Was it 15 years, 18? I don't know how long they've had it, but I've been to every single one. I've not had a better meal in Cincinnati in my life. It was absolutely incredible. And if anything, Angie undersold it. Oh my God, what a lovely meal. That was really great. Plus, it was a ton of fun. And uh, I did have to calm Sean down a little bit because he got on a a roll where he was talking to John. And I could have sworn, I looked at my watch. 
three minutes went by without him taking a breath. <laughs> so I said, Sean, you, you do have to breathe. I cannot spot gills on your neck anywhere. <laughs> Slow down, buddy. Did you, Anyways. Did you feel around the back of his head for a blowhole or anything? I mean, you know. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, no. Right. Well, we did but have anyways. fun. And here, here the, the, the creme de la creme. We finally had the elusive Don May. Don May Jr. was was back in action and at at the table too. And it was it was a pleasure to see Don too after after you know a couple years of all this stuff too. And uh, of course he'll be coming up next following the great Jerry Chandler. We have a discussion coming up, but it was really good to see him too. Uh, just see everybody at the table again smiling. It was wonderful. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you can never get too much of that. And I, I might have said this on a previous podcast, but I'll, it, it des deserves repeating. You know, before COVID, Don and I had been doing shows for 20 years. Mm. And it's like, oh, another show, mm. another show. And then somebody comes and takes it all away from you. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, God, when can we do our next show? <laughs> right. So there's a lesson there somewhere. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, it's very difficult to appreciate something that you have all the time. Right. But right. They, I don't know if smarter people than me think about it. I'm sure they'll pull something out of that. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I hate to quote a Cinderella song, but uh, you don't know what you got till it's gone. You really and you right. said that you have said that before on the show and you're correct. You're absolutely correct. So, again, thanks to everybody at Horror Hound. Uh, I, I think Cincinnati is going to be the next Horror Hound in March, I believe. Uh, I think they're going to have two more in a row in Cincinnati because I didn't get the story, but they mentioned that they can't do the Indianapolis show until 2023. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's what I understood. And to make up for it, they're just going to continue in Cincinnati sure. uh, for the next two shows, which, again, Horror Hound has evolved right into an event i mean that sounds silly because all the shows are an event but right. this is like a sociological happening mm -hmm. i don't know any other way to put it it has it's like chiller used to be 20 years ago it's just amazing and you have to be part of it you just have to so right, right. It, it's it's my it was my first convention and when it was really tiny Remember when it was, I think the first time I went was the second one that had the Warriors reunion at it. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I, you know, you go to your first show and it's really freaky because you, you recognize actors and stuff. You're like, oh my goodness, they're standing right there. They're not on my TV, you know? And of course right, we become right. desensitized to that at this point by far, but it is, it, it, it is my, my first show. It popped my, my proverbial convention cherry. I don't even know if I can say that anymore. But it certainly, <laughs> it certainly was my first show, and I will always have a soft spot uh, for it. And, and, and it was so much smaller than it is now, too. But it's as frustrating as that can become as you get older and crankier, it's also so wonderful to see these guys work that hard and have this show explode and grow into what it has and, let, and to see them learn their way into that growth and to keep it moving so well is pretty impressive to me. Sure. And it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of people, sure. Aaron and Nathan and their crew, right. just uh, salt of the earth, I believe is the expression mm -hmm. they use. It reminds me of uh, Mike and Mia at Flashback and uh, 
you know, Ken and Pam at Cinema Wasteland. Right. I mean, these people really have it together and they know what they're doing and everybody has fun and nobody is uncomfortable. It's just awesome. Right. Just awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about Saturday. I think it was Saturday after dinner. We stumbled our way back to the convention area and because I'm going to start talking a little shop here. A little shop with you, Jay. I got a couple of things to talk about. Uh we, uh, I, I lost you and, and Noah for a little while, but then I found you guys inside at a screening of the newly restored by our own Don May, uh, Tombs of the Blind Dead was being screened at the convention Saturday night, Jerry. And I am going to, I am reporting back as a physical media collector. Yes. This is what you've been waiting for if you're a fan of the Tombs of the Blind Dead. After talking to Don about everything that's going to be on the disc and everything and actually seeing it with my own eyes. Um, yes, that's my my review of that right is now. It is, yes. uh, it looks, I, I gonna ask, is it even done yet? I was going to ask, is it even done yet? Because Don doesn't, you know, him and I, we got very separate jobs that keep us very busy. And I, I don't really keep up that much with where he is on stuff, but I thought it was, it's still, you know, he's still doing more work. So it may look and sound better yet by the time it comes out. But I was astounded. I love that movie. Mm -hmm. And I sat down with my daughter and people were already, you know, drinking and, and whatever they were hooting and hollering. And, and then the movie got going and, and people kind of quieted down pretty quickly, which mm -hmm. is unusual for a Saturday night screening. Right. 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 Uh, again, it was jaw dropping, but I'm sure Don has lots of information to give you. The only thing I want to say is that, for those people out there who have purchased the Living Dead at Manchester Morgue Steelbook, it's the same artist. We got sent a few weeks ago a like a low res, almost finished version. And my response was to Don, but I CC'd Wes, our artist. I said, God damn it. He did it again. And I go dot, 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 dot. And I leave a few spaces. And then I say, this artwork is so beautiful. We're going to have to put the entire title treatment on the spine again. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to be pissed because the steel book's going to cut out too much of the art. And we're going to have to do a poster. <laughs> it's just so blah. I love great artwork. And it's amazing. It's just amazing. And everything else about the disc and the movie and everything, Don can tell you. But I love that artwork. And I just had to get that off my chest because, man, when Wes sets his mind to it, he just knocks it out of the park. Have you seen the cover yet? I have not seen the cover yet. The only no. thing I saw of, of any of this besides talking to you or Don about it was when I sat next to you guys in that that darkened room, looking at the picture and quality and everything, going, oh, yeah. And I, I even what, you know, what whether or not Don is actually completely done doing the little tweaks here and there or not, what we were watching it through already had limitations. Just by nature of the, the equipment, I'm no offense to it, I'm a gearhead. But it was fine, it was fine. But I knew the limitations of what we were looking through, so I even knew what I was seeing. I knew what I was seeing, and it, it was it was astounding to me. I mean, yeah. this is up there with Suspiria. It's up there with the uh, – I'm, I'm, 
I'm I'm blown away by the uh, massacre of Central High restoration. <laughs> that one really blew me away. I mean, I don't. It's not superior with all the colors and everything, but just how it looks like it was made. Like I don't know, like twenty minutes ago. That's what it looked yeah. like, you know, when I saw it, and it just held all of the. But it still held all of the original feel to it. You know, it didn't lose anything in that restoration, which movies do. If you restore them, let me put it in a simple fashion. If you restore movies too much, sometimes you'll lose some of the charm. Absolutely. And, right. That's and, true. And Don's been very, very good about restoring it impeccably, but yet somehow he leaves that charm in there. And that's exactly what I was seeing. Now, let me watch like 15 yeah. minutes of it, uh, but that's all I needed to see. Right. Well, let me tell you this. You know, my daughter Noah is only 25, and she's never even heard of this film. And the first thing words that came out of her mouth when we were walking out was, "Hey, Dad, can I get a copy of that?" <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See? I think that's the first time she's ever asked me for something. You uh, know, right. and I said, "I, I could work. I could get you a discount." You know, <laughs> you know somebody, right? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so even she loved it. I mean, it is a great little movie. Right. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm pivoting now, Jerry. I'm 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 moving okay. away. We had we had a good time at a horror hound. Tombs of the Blind Dead. This is this is for me. You're you're pushed aside right now. Hey, come here. I'm talking to the to the collectors. Yeah, you're gonna be happy with Tombs of the Blind Dead. Trust me on this one. Trust me. Buy it. It doesn't. I mean, don't even hesitate. It's going whenever it's available. Uh, uh, jump on it because it is it is wonderful. All right, Jerry, we're bringing you back now. And okay. uh, our friend. Friend of the show, uh, guest on the show, uh, only once, but he will be back on the show again. Mark Diamond from the Dwarves and myself have a crush on a movie from the 1970s. And we also uh, have a soft spot for Bigfoot lore. We have a lot of fun with that kind of stuff. And one of our favorite films, if not, our, if not the best uh, film from the 70s on the subject, a movie called Creature from Black Lake. Well, here's what's interesting. I'm doing a podcast for Synapse Films, and I have some of your catalogs going back to, I don't know, 2010 or something. And I happen to see this title on your catalog. And I'm going to ask you right now, for me and for Mark Diamond and all of the other squatchers out there, what the hell? Are you guys still working on Creature from Black Lake? Yes. That, oh one has, that movie has had a very long genesis with us. Uh, we went and found the uh, the people who own the film, and uh, of course, as frequently happens, uh, you know, we're promised materials, so we licensed the film, and uh, you know, the materials were not as promised. They were basically unusable, especially for someone like Don, who likes to create like. Rest, restored versions and, and nice stuff. Some things you can't work with. There's just not enough. You know, there's not enough there. So we informed them, hey, these materials are substandard, you know. And they said, well, okay, we're going to keep looking. And we pointed out that our license time period does not start until we are given usable materials. And that's the last we heard of them for about four or five years. And of course, we're always 50 movies behind. So there's an expression, out of sight, out of mind. So it stayed in the coming soon, and we continued to wait. 
Then somebody called us up and said, hey, we just licensed Creature from Black Lake. Wasn't that yours? And we said, yeah, it's ours. <laughs> well, can we do it? No, you can't. So they are friends of ours. So they handed the materials. We, you know, we, we paid them for all the work they did and everything they did. Mm -hmm. But like true gentlemen, they handed the movie over to us because it was ours. I mean, we had to do a little arm twisting with the licensor because uh, they were not supposed to license the movie to it. They, you know, they right. breached the contract. You know, everything you could do wrong, they did. But at the end of the day, because the people they licensed it to were true gentlemen, we were able to work everything out. So now Don called me yesterday and said, not only do the materials look really good, but most of the work is, is almost synapse quality. We only have to work on audio and there's a few spots in the video, but this is not going to take much longer. So the good news is, yeah, we're doing Creature from Black Lake. The even better news is it should be out within two years hey. or less. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, right, it's right. coming. It's just Don has a few. The audio work he usually gets done fairly quickly because we do it here in Detroit with our guy Spencer at Hudson Edit. He's a great guy, very talented person. So the audio goes quickly, and he only mentioned it requiring – you know, there's some vertical scratches that are too rough to leave in there, even for cuteness's sake. So I'm I'm thinking this may not be too long. And the 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 basic thing is that we now have what we need to release it. It's a good little seventies movie. I mean, it is good. It's it's fun. It's kind of like the movie that you kind of wonder why aren't more Bigfoot movies just sort of more like this movie. <laughs> It needed to be released, and we're gonna release it. So well, I'm I'm very happy, and we will I'm sure be doing at least one show, if not a spinoff podcast on that on that movie alone. Uh, right <laughs> after I get my spinoff uh, podcast about the uh, the kindred going as well. Okay. So right. Um, all right. Well, there you go. There's some more news. Creature from Black Lake is being worked on. And the finish line is in sight. So, excellent. Absolutely. All right, Jerry. Well, I'm going to let you go because we're going to talk to Don. And uh, we're going to let him chat it up and take some airtime here in the podcast. How does that sound? Uh, it sounds great. I've been very, very busy. So, when you see Don, as, as he has, so when you see him, say hi for me. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Will do. All right, Jerry. Thanks. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, as always, Jerry, for taking the time to speak with me and the fans of Synapse. And now let's get to the other co-owner of Synapse Films, Don May Jr. himself. I'd like to welcome to, uh, well, basically, technically your own podcast on some level, Don May Jr., a co-owner of Synapse Films. Hello, Don. Yeah, hi, how are you? I'm doing I'm finally doing. able to get on the show after how many episodes? <laughs> uh, this would be the fifth episode, but that's all right, Don. Right, right. We want you working so we can get so we can get the movies in our grubby little hands. That's right, what we, right. That's right. the end so, game to all this, right? Right, exactly, <laughs> right. exactly. Um, 
First up, real quick, look, it was it was great seeing you, Angie and I, at a ball uh, at Horror Hound Weekend this past weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was nice. It was a nice uh, getaway. Horror Hound's always a fun show to go, to go to. Talk a little bit about the, the conventions and what it's like to be able to actually face-to-face talk to some of these people that are actually consumers who actually are buying these films and getting to talk movies with them. You know, it, it, I was talking to Jerry about this. Um, you know, during COVID, obviously, everything was shutting down. And it's been, I think, the you know, I mean, we started doing the convention circuit again now. You know, uh, Jerry did flashback in Chicago. I was bit too busy to attend because I was at home finishing Demons and Demons 2. But the, uh, you know, and then Horror Hound, and then we have, you know, Cinema Wasteland coming up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's for us, you know, and I can probably speak for Jerry on this as well. You know, the, 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 the mundane everyday sitting in the office, you know, doing the work in the office. It's almost like the conventions were our little vacation, you know, where we could, we could go and meet the fans and hang out, have a few beers, you know, party a little bit with people and just, you know, have some fun for a few days on a weekend and you know we didn't get that mm-hmm. uh during covid and it was and it was very 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 missed by both of us i mean we were both saying oh my god you know you know last uh you know october november we were like god we would have been at horror hound we would have been at cinema wasteland by now and you know mm-hmm. we're not there and it and it takes its toll you know we love going to these shows and hanging out and the fans coming up and asking us questions and, you know, it's a great way to meet the fans who don't, you know, I mean, we're always, you know, we always welcome phone calls and emails and stuff like that when people have questions, but it's, it's a, a, a bit more fun and where you, you just see the enthusiasm in the people's faces when they're asking us about, you know, Hey, you know, what's happening with demons, what's happening with this, what's happening with that. And it, and it's it, we missed it terribly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while it seems like the world is going regressing back to right. you know COVID infections <laughs> again, yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we could get a couple of shows in, right, uh, right, and uh, <laughs> have some fun before the end of the year. And you know, I have a feeling it's going to be a. And uh, you know we're we're headed for another miserable time, really. Well, and, I'm I'm uh, I'm an optimist, so I I I might, I've been saying it was a bumpy road to hell, and it's going to be a bumpy road back. That's 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 yeah, been my yeah, my that's, positive. That's outlook. very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. But that but then that being said, though, you know the the conventions are are always a, a treat for for Jerry and I hanging out with all the fans and. You know, being in the convention circuit and seeing all of our friends again this past weekend at Horror Hound, for me, it was it was such a relief. You know, it was like, okay, you know, you know, I can I can kinda look ahead, look forward to this again. You know, I missed everybody. And uh it's a great way for us to, to meet the fans and see our friends in the industry and, and have a little fun. And from my point of view, too, someone who, who is a consumer of, of this physical media, it's great to be able to come to you and give you feedback, and then you can do it face-to-face where it's not like a social media thing or something, which can be, which can get contentious almost by accident just from people not understanding yeah. tone and stuff like that. Right, and tone, you, and, it's, and it's also very impersonal. Too, yes, you yes. Know, it's, 
you know, yeah, but I, I completely agree. I mean, you know, for, for like Sunday at the show, you know, this past week, we, we showed tombs of the art restoration of tombs of the blind dad at horror hound. And we, you know, one of, one of the people that saw it came by the booth and he was like, man, it looked great. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, they, they, he actually commented that there was a, a person in the audience that was like laughing at all the jokes right. and, and seemed like everybody was really digging it. Right. And, you know, and it, and it, and it made me feel good. You know, the first thing out of his mouth was, you know, God, that tunes of the blind dead looked fucking awesome. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, you know, and, and, it, and it's that kind of thing, just hearing it from somebody that I'm looking in, you know, they're, 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 I'm looking at them. They're looking at me. It's a, a fan of our stuff that's been, it justifies all the work that I put into it. Because if the fans are happy, I'm happy. You know, it's not really about me. It's about doing the best that I can for the fans. And to hear that kind of feedback from something just, you know, it makes me feel great. Right. I, I play music. So it's like you sit in a room, you create a song, you record it, you produce it, you do these things. And during that time, we call it you lose perspective and you don't know, is this going to look great to everyone else? And that's an anxiety. And it's hard. It's hard to deal with sometimes that, that anxiety because you want to give, give the people what you want. Um, And that's why it's great to have that, that feedback back and forth. So you can hear, Hey, that looks great. And, And for me personally, I sat with Jerry and Noah for about, about 15 minutes and watched it. I thought it looked fantastic. Great, thank you. Yeah, just to hear people say, "Hey, this is this is awesome." It kind of justifies and validates all the time and effort that I sometimes I feel like I I spent you know too much time on things. Mm-hmm. But when they're when it's over, you know, it's like okay, I've done the best that I can. I can't. I don't sit back and go. God, I, you know, I, 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 we had to hurry this out to the market to meet our bottom line. So I hope people like it. No, that's not the way Jerry and I work. You know, Jerry and I are like, let's get it to the best of our ability and get it and take the, as much time as we need to. And that's the beauty of, of our business is that, you know, we, 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 we we're owned by us. Jerry and I own the company and we are the company. And, you know, it comes out when it comes comes out, and I do the best that I can, and I think the fans, you know, appreciate that. And I know, you know, talking to them over the years, there are there are some who know that, and then there are some who go, "Why does it take you know fifteen years for the kindred to come out?" Well, <laughs> and they have no idea, right, you know, right, right, um, right. The, the 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 behind the scenes as to why, you know, right, right. But uh, it just it's that that it just. Seeing these kinds of things at the shows and dealing with the fans at the conventions and and meeting them and hearing how, you know, they they bought the laser disc at Night of the Living Dead when they were like 16 and they loved it, you know, and I'm, you know, thinking, my God, you know, next year is my 30th year in this business. You know, we put out uh, Night of the Living Dead or uh, in, I think it was 1990, well, it would have been. 1993, I guess, because we put out the 25th anniversary. I started working on Night of the Living Dead in 1992. And so it, I came to that realization. I was like, my God, 30 years ago, I started in this business and I'm still here. Right. You well, know? you know, it's, it's, a matter yeah. of, it's, it's a matter of letting it go. 
You know, you're working on this yeah. thing. It's like, what did I miss? What did I miss? And I know that that's the hard part. But to be honest, I'd rather somebody who is a little geeky about not letting it go because then you know at least if there's an issue it was it was a manufacturing thing it yeah. wasn't your fault you know and stuff and that rarely ever happens right. but that i appreciate right. that yeah, as someone I, who yeah. spends hard-earned money on a blu-ray because you want it and you want to collect it and you want that company to put something else out right yeah yeah and you know and you know we don't we don't sh- you know buy a ton of licenses you know i i was telling somebody the other day i would rather spend my time working on one Suspiria than shoveling five titles a month out, you know, of le- of lesser titles, you know, that's just, that's just me. You know, I'd rather have that Suspiria under my belt than five of some lesser titles, you know, just to meet my quota, you know? So that's, that's the way we work. And, and that's how I'm always going to work. So I don't think I'm going to be able to change that dynamic. <laughs> well, don't because it's you working know. for you. So, so you do you, as they say these days. Right. Um, speaking mm-hmm. of that, we've we mm-hmm. we talk to Jerry every week, and uh, and he discusses things sometimes on the business end. And I've I've picked Jerry's brain because I'm very interested about how titles are acquired and things like that, kind of business uh-huh. end of it all. But me, per- now that's a curious thing to me. My I'm I myself. I'm an audio engineer, and I'm a little bit more of a techie kind of thing. So I'm fascinated by your part of releasing these Uh films. So what I'd like you to do is talk about your creative process and explain. And and if you want to take like one of the the more recent films that you've worked on or something and kind of explain to everybody from point A to point B what you have to go through to restore a film and get it out to market. Well, you know, the first thing is, you know, if a, if a company is offering us a specific title, what do we get? You know, and so I have to look at, you know, vault lists or, you know, sometimes they just say, well, we don't have anything, you know. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and, but so we have to find something. We have to track it down. You know, that takes time. So you're looking um, you know, for a negative. Material. You're, you're looking yeah, for a negative. Yeah, the ultimate material, yeah. obviously, is the negative, yeah. And, you know, but sometimes those aren't available for whatever reason. You know, you might get an inner positive or something like that. And, uh, you know, you go through that. And then, of course, you have to, you know, the first, you have to scan it. You have to, you know, to digitize the audio, scan the negative, which costs money and time. And then once you get that, then you have to go through it and, and look and see, you know, not, not all materials are created equal. You know, some films require, you know, thirty forty thousand dollars $40,000 in restoration. Some maybe 5000 in restoration. You know, it just depends on how the, the films are stored and how they're, you know, took, taken care of or what the condition of them in the age, you know, you know, whether they're stored in, you know, in like independent, you know, well, you know, some producers like, Oh yeah, I've got the negative in my attic, you know, as opposed to something like, you know, Oh, so you're in New Jersey. It's very humid. You have four seasons. You're, you know, it's in a cardboard box in your attic. Oh, I bet that's going to be fun. <laughs> I got it in you the know. trunk of my Chevy. Um, <laughs> right, right. You know, and then you get you get the you get the the other like the the bigger titles like Suspiria, which has been climate controlled in a vault for decades in Italy. You know, but yet still had its own share of issues. You know, there were, I think, uh, for you know, it was on. I want to say it was on ten reels. 
um, and probably half of the 10 reels had uh, uh, finger fingerprints on them oh. at every splice. Oh. So that was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, but, but, you know, you, you, you have to scan all that stuff, and then you have to back it all up on the data and then maybe make another backup or two backups because – you scan something and you back it up on a hard drive or on on a on a what they call LTO. Sometimes those LTOs fail. We had three of the reels of Suspiria fail on us. They they did it in Italy and they shipped them all to us and I was like, oh, this is great. Too bad three of them don't work. So they had to go back and redo them. So you know, it's a there's a lot of variables, but you know, everything is digital these days. You know, when I first started in this industry, everything was photochemical. Pretty much, you know, when I did, when I did the night of the living dead, when I did Texas chainsaw, you know, when I, when we had to fix a scratch on the negative for nightmare on Elm street, we had to go back and print new reels photochemically to fix those things. Nowadays you just scan it as is, and then you try to fix it in the computer, you know, with a digital artist or restoration, you know, and uh, depending on the severity of the the problems, it could uh, that costs money. Right, you right. Know, some people are better at if some people some technicians are better at uh, you know restoration than others, and I've learned that the hard way um, over the years. Where you know you you send something to a company and they just completely fail at fixing things. You know they they fix something and then they ruin something else with digital artifacting or whatever, and you know and then you have a a little bit of a not so friendly screaming match, and then they never work with you again. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't care that you, I don't care that you do classic television shows for CBS. Right. Your restoration of, of of my product looks like crap. So either fix it or I'll go somewhere else. Right. But you know, that's 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 my life. And then you know, and then you. Once you do the, the video and once you get it the way you want it, you know, more copies, more safeties, more things to put on the shelf in case something goes wrong. And then you, you know, you do the audio and the audio has its own set of issues, whether it's, you know, a scratchy optical track that's old, that, you know, hisses and pops and ticks throughout the audio. Or if you get something that's magnetic, that's not going to shred in a machine as soon as you play it back one time, which is what started to happen with Texas Chainsaw. So, you know, yeah, I mean, the, they were, we had to bake the, the, the audio and then we, we copied it off one time and uh, then the, the original mags were kind of trashed, you know? And so, so that, you know, all those variables take time, take effort, take money to fix. And you just never know. Every movie that we get, every new film that we acquire is a, is, is its own little adventure. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. You know, what right. what awaits us with this one? You know? <laughs> right, right, right. You know, that's the, 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 like, hey, can't wait to tackle this. What's going to happen next? <laughs> right, right. right. You know? so, so you kind of play that, a, that, you, you play like a, a producer's role where you... Uh, the the like the the engineer would be either sitting there with you or would be you would be instructing the you know what to do and then oversee that as it comes back to you and either approve right. or disapprove of now do you sit do you usually go with them or is it both do you like 
Spend oh, a few I, days? I usually I'm ha- I'm hands on like okay. you know today, and I, I mean it's no secret. So I'm going to talk about this today. Mm-hmm. Right before you called me, I was already on the phone with LA uh, discussing things for Creature from Black Lake. Okay, so. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, talking to my colorist, talking to, you know, he does, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, we got to do this. We got to do this. You got to make a copy of this. And, you know, I want you to go back through real four and, you know, so, you know, I'm looking at it here. They're looking at it there and, you know, I supervise and make sure everything is right. And, and, uh, that for, for me and for our company, you know, mm-hmm. I want it to pass the Don, I, you know, I needed to pass the Don May test right. before, it goes anywhere else. And, and that's, you know, again, one of our strengths, I think, you know, I don't, I don't have some bean counter above my head going, you know what, you got to finish movie a by April. You just got to put it out. However, however, whatever's wrong with it, we still need it out by April. So get on it for me and Jerry. It's like, well, if we have to fix it, we got to fix it and it'll come out when it comes out. But you know, it's uh, even with, but with the audio, for example, um, you know, I found a great, great audio guy here in Michigan. Lovely guy. And he does, he, he does our, you know, five ones and does our, our audio restorations with me. And I can get in the car and be at his studio in like 45 minutes. And, you know, we'll spend, you know, we'll spend days, uh, you know, you should come up one day. I will. I'd like <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, well, I'd like to see it. You yeah. know, he's, yeah. And, uh, He's great. You know, he's got a dedicated room for his specifications and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do some mixing and then I'll come home and I'll listen to them on my system. And then I'll go back to him with notes and say, Hey, I heard something here or there. So, you know, it's a, it's collaborative. You know, I, 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 I supervise, I work with everybody involved with every aspect of what goes on that disc. Well, that's and, and that's a good quality uh, you know, too to be kind of obsessive yet also understand that you're collaborating with people. I think is right. is why we're getting the good products we're getting because you're you're the filter. Yeah, a lot of bigger companies, you know, they got somebody doing one thing, they got somebody doing something else, and then they go, okay, well, just make sure it goes to press by you know April fifteenth or whatever. And nobody's really nobody's really paying attention to the project as a whole, and that creates problems. You got you know, somebody working on the video, somebody working on the audio, but you don't have one person looking at the whole thing going, Hey, something's wrong here. You got everybody going, well, my, what I did was great. So I'm done. And then they put it out and then it's got all kinds of problems. <laughs> and then you go, well, time for a recall. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, and you know, and, and knock on, knock on my glass desk, yeah. <laughs> you know, Jerry and I, not that we're infallible, but sure. you know, we haven't had a disc recall ever. I don't think, you know, and, and, and we've been, I've been with Jerry for 26 years, I think. So, you know, we've never had a massive recall because we're very small and we we like to do everything ourselves pretty much, which takes a little bit more time. But, you know, I'd rather have it that way. Well, this is good you know? because this, this explains to people, too, why Synapse doesn't have as many titles. Because, yeah, sometimes... And look, <clears throat> there's I'm not criticizing any other companies or anything, but sometimes you, sure, look, at, sure. you look at these announcements, you're like, good gravy, do they have like a whole, like, you know... In, industrial complex of people working on these things? Well, yeah. Well, they do. Some of them do, you know. I mean, some of the majors have, you know, 20, 30 employees doing a million things. And, you know, it's just me and Jerry. And, you know, and we hire my colorist. We hire my audio guy. 
but I still do it, you know, put it all together. I still QC everything. You know, a lot of these companies, they go to QC companies that don't see a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm not, I don't know if it was you I spoke to this weekend, but somebody was asking me about that. And I said, you know, I'd love to be able to do QC with somebody else because it would free up my time. You know, I, you know, the last thing I want to do is, is watch one of my favorite movies, you know, a thousand times, it kind of ruins the, the movie for me. Yeah. that And, was, and yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of companies that do QC. They, they, they say, Hey, you know, we do QC for Paramount, Lionsgate and this and that, let us QC your product for you for, you know, however much it is. Well, I did, I did give a company one of my projects knowing that there were things wrong with it. And I said, Oh, QC this. And they came back, like took them four or five days. They gave me like some fancy ass spreadsheet with like this and the the menu goes up here and does, you know, and all All this. And I'm like, okay, this is very thorough. But at the end of the day, they said, this is past QC. Uh, You know, it's good to go to replication. And I'm like, I'm like, um, there were like 10 things wrong with this that you guys didn't even see that I saw. And why would I ever do that? So until I can find somebody that has the eyes and ears of me QCing our product, I can't put a, a product in the hands of somebody else who's going to end up causing us to have a recall. You know, if, if we ever have a problem, it's on us. Right. You know, right, right, and and I'd rather have it that way. Sure, you know, and 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 I think the fans appreciate that too because I'm a fan. I'm not just somebody, you know, shoveling you know ten titles out a month. If I'm doing you know demons and demons two or the kindred or whatever I'm working on, I'm a fan, and I and I want it to be as best as it can be. I'm not just in it for the paycheck. I'm in it because we picked this movie to do because we like it. So I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch this thing. And I mean, I'll, I'll admit, you know, sometimes you never want to watch these movies again. Well, that, <laughs> you, that was, you, yeah. if you've QC'd something, you know, you got to watch it in this version and that version with these subs on, with these subs on, right, you know, right. uh, with this audio mix, with that, with this, you know, and with the seamless branching, make sure this seamless branching works. Yeah. And you got to watch them over and over and over and over and over again. You can't just say, okay, I'm done. You know, people have some, maybe some people don't understand that, for demons, for example, we, we you know you have the the movie with the the the, the two channel uh, and then the five one in English, so that's two versions. Then you have the two channel and the you know in the in the international version, uh, the Italian, the U.S. So you're you know, you're talking five versions of the movie with commentaries and subtitles. And then you've got hours of footage of extras with navigations that have to work in pop-up and not in, you know, and so people have no idea that sometimes one movie, you know, nonstop like that could take a week to go through, Right. you know, cause you got to, you know, I'm trying to run a company too with Jerry. I'd love to do this all day, every day, but we all have to wear, you know, many hats at Synapse. So you know, sometimes these things take a couple of weeks just to QC. And, you know, it's like watching, you know, movies every day, all day. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, my God, I got to watch Demons for the 13th time today. You know, and then if you find something wrong, then you got to watch it again right. to make sure. Because if you have to re-encode it or even audio, you have to re-encode it. 
I watch it all again anyway. I can't just look at the fix and go, okay, it's fixed. No, you have to watch the whole thing over again to make sure your fix didn't hurt, you know, cause something else to happen. Right. Right. Well, and I, and, and our, our mutual friend, Danny Hicks, me and him did, did music together and we did, oh, we, we, God, we did records Danny. together. I, I, I miss him terribly. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I loved yeah. him. He was a family friend. I loved him. And uh, yeah, we did, awesome. we did like four records together and a couple of them were about his movies. One of course being evil dead Two. How could you not? And so we mm-hmm. talked about it before and I, I had to go through the whole movie to write the lyrics. Now, you're you're basically condensing an hour and a half movie into like a three minute song, and how do you do that lyrically and have it make sense? So I watched it over and over and over and over again, trying to get those pieces and put it in, and it ruined the movie mm-hmm. for me. I mean, not ruined yeah. it. I still yeah, love it, but I don't know when I'm ever going to watch it again because I know <laughs> I know what it looks like from behind the movie. You know, it's like yeah. I know everything. Right. And the thing is, is that was one of the things. Is it frustrating? to, on one hand, become a part of history. I mean, these movies that we all grew right. up watching, now you are interjecting yourself, becoming part of the history of that classic film. That's got to be surreal. Right. And then to do that, you basically become a martyr and fall on your own sword mm-hmm. and make it to the point where you're never probably going to watch it again until That's maybe you're exactly a ripe it. old man when you want to go back and look at the work you did when you were younger. Right. Well, you know, that came up, you know, and my friends know that too. I had a, a friend over eh, a couple months ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we watch movies on Saturday nights. We'll like watch a couple of movies in my theater downstairs and, you know, hang out. And he was like kind of interested in like the high school kind of movies, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Massacre. Right. And he didn't want, he didn't want to bring up Massacre at Central High. Mm-hmm. He was like, I really want to watch Massacre at Central High because I. And he goes, "I'll be honest, I haven't heard of it, but I don't want to. I don't want to say I want to watch it because I know you've probably watched it a million times." So with Massacre at Central High, I was like, "No, no, no! I, you know, I, I, I freaking love it. So uh-huh. let's watch it." And then we compromised and we watched. We had a, you know, we watched Massacre at Central High and Over the Edge. So okay. it was like, okay, right. <laughs> you were gonna have like a, uh, you know, uh, it was a, it was a fucking awesome double feature. Yeah, yeah. You know, Massacre <laughs> right. Central High and Over the Edge right. worked so well together. Right. And but he was like, I don't really want to ask you to watch Massacre because I know you probably never want to see it again. Well, no, there, you know, you know, it doesn't necessarily ruin the. the I would never watch it by myself, probably. Sure. But if I had friends over, you know, to introduce them to such a great movie, right. I would, I would, I would do it, you know, but you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, we grow up with movies like Chainsaw and Evil Dead 2 and, you know, things like that. And, and, you know, working on a nightmare in Elm Street, you know, I worked on that ages ago and it's, it's hard for me to sit through them now because then I, I think about what I went through to get it to home video and I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh, you know, and then it's just like, Oh, you know, it becomes a, a chore. And, that, and that's the bad thing about this, in, you know, the people in this industry is we do all these things. And then, you know, I know a lot of people that feel the same way. It's like, you know, it kind of ruins the magic for the movie right. for, for me. And I, you know, and then I, you know, I, way back when I was working on a nightmare on Elm street, I actually asked Wes, you know, Craven, I was mm-hmm. in his office and I said, how do you, you know, when you're doing these and you're editing and you're going to the MPA and you're back and forth and back and forth with the MPAA and editing things and trying to second guess what they don't like and what they like, how can you keep watching the movies over and over and over again? And he goes, eh, it's my job. That's a good answer. You know? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's his job. Right. He, he, he decided to be a director of movies and it comes with the territory. Right. And I decided to be a, a boutique video label. It comes with the territory, but you know, it does kind of, you know, it's interesting. It, it does kind of ruin the luster a little bit, right. you know, but you just move on to the next one, you know, say as we get older though, our attitudes change. You know, when I was a little kid, I, I mean, I watched, you know, Flash Gordon a thousand times, you know, I loved Flash Gordon, but you know, and nowadays it's like, yeah, I could, you know, watch it, you know, once a year or something. But you know, when I was like 15, 16 years old or older, when it came out, I, what was that? 1980. It was 1980. I, I yeah. Fucking, yeah. I saw that in the theater like seven times. I did too. <laughs> I could never, I, I could never do that today. Right. With right. Any movie. Right. At 54 years old, it's like, okay, I'm one and done. That was a great movie. I'll buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray. You know, but I would never, I don't think there's been a movie in decades that I've seen more than once in the theater. You know, just that, that your, our attitudes change towards these kinds of things as we get older. It's like our, our chemistry and our brain changes and says, that, that, that was great. Now on to the next one. You know? Well, I think, too, when we go back and watch movies that we loved when we were younger, it sort of brings up this like deep-seated magic and magical feeling that we had when we saw them when they were a little bit right. more magical and themselves. Then you get, and then you get, yes, and you get depressed when you get older and you go, well, it's it's not so magical anymore yeah. to go to a movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I <laughs> you know? feel exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and that comes with the job. You right. Know? Right. Uh, with, with, when we, when we decided that we were going to be a, a video company and we were going to do the things that we do, you got to kind of take it, you know, as it, it was like, well, guess what? We're going to, you know, end up, you know, not really ever wanting to watch these amazing movies. We're finished. You know, right. I, I saw demons in the theater, you know, four times. I think it played in my hometown, you know, demons. And I was like, Oh my God, this is great. You know, we went Friday night and I went to a seven o'clock with a friend. And then when we were coming out, we saw a couple other friends in line for the next show. And we just went back in again. Right. You know, saw it twice in one night. I could never do that now. Oh, right. Right. But you know, <laughs> right. Oh, you know, that's one of the downfalls of uh, being in a, in an industry like this. It kind of, you know, the the big, the movies you loved as a kid, you, you don't really love them as much anymore. Right, right. Well, a couple so, a couple ones you got yeah. coming out. Uh, now, now I'm going to talk about, I'm going to ask about Tombs of Blind Dead. I'm going to tell you about it first of all. Mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about release dates. Let's say two years okay. from now, if you want it, you're going to have it. <laughs> right? Because mm -hmm. unless right. you have a release that's date. A, that's, a good, that's a good <laughs> generic statement. Right. I like that. Right, right. But, right. but okay. it's been worked on enough to where, yes, at Horror Hound, there was a screening. Talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that. Was there any unique challenges for, for the Tombs of the Blind Dead? Well, yeah. You know, we we had the scan of the negative was done in Germany, so it was kind of out of my hands. And, you know, I always tell Jerry, I'm like, you know, when everybody else does the work, there's always something horrible that happens. When, uh, when I don't supervise the scan or when I don't see the element myself before we start and know what we're getting ourselves into, it's always a bit of a, of a, of a problem. So, you know, we were the, the owners who I've worked with before, you know, in my old company, I did tombs of the blind dead. It's the same, you know, same company again, you're uh, 30, you know, 20, some odd years later, mm -hmm. yeah, I say, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, and they're like, Oh, we did this, you know, we did this scan of, of the negative and we do have a restoration that we did. Uh, if you want to see it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. 
And I just went, ugh. <laughs> you know, I was like, right. and, I, and I told him, I was like, no, you guys, you know, here's what's wrong. Here's this, here's that, here's that, you know. And I was just like, you know what, guys, just give me the raw scan and just let me go back and do it. So I, I, you know, they had a restoration that was done. The color I thought was dull. There were digital problems with it that I, I was like, what, why, you know, why is this happening? You know, and this has happened to me many, many times before, you know, with, uh, I think I, I documented the problems that I had with Tenebrae in the booklet in the, in the steel book, um, where I said, Hey, you know, here's some examples of what we had to fix because, this restoration was not done by us, by somebody else, I would have never approved it the way it was given to us. That was a similar situation for tunes. And I just said, Hey, can you just give me the raw scan please too? And let me go in and, and do it my way. And so that's what they did. And I guess the proof is up on the screen. Cause you said it, it looked great. Oh, I did, I yeah. went in, we redid, we, we had to go back and do the color and we had to do our restoration and, and fix it basically. And, and so that, that it's the, the tombs of the blind dead that you see could have, could have from any other company, they may have said, Oh, here's a, here's a restoration that was already done. And they would have just shoveled it out and put it out and, and, and that would have been it. But no, I wanted it done my way. So I, I said, no, I, I would never have approved this because of this, 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 you, you know? And I said, just give me the raw scan and let me just, Start over, and, and, and you were telling did. me, you were telling me too that that there is this is the uncut. So there was some pieces of the film too that didn't even have an English track to it. So you have right. multiple well, yeah. versions of the film on that you did well, too. Well, here's right? here's what we did. yeah here's what we did. You know the movie, you know the, the 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 production uncut, you know is all in Spanish. The U.S. version, which is cut by you know what I, I you know 15 minutes or something you know it's called the the, the blind dead or whatever and in the u.s version which was dubbed into english is much shorter so we we we've got both versions of the film uh that will be on on our our release so you'll get the uncut spanish you know version with new subs and then you'll get the english version uh that's the shorter version as well but you know me being you know, the crazy person that I am, I thought, Hey, why don't we do a composite? You know, we'll do the Spanish and we'll do the English version, but on the, on the uncut version of this movie that should be all in Spanish, why don't we go back and forth with the English and the Spanish? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get the long version of the movie with everything in it. And then we'll, we'll put the English in where the English goes. And then we'll put the Spanish in where the things were cut out and we'll do like a hybrid soundtrack where it'll be in English. And then where there's something that's missing from the U S version, it'll cut the Spanish with subtitles and then cut back to English again. Right. And I've seen that done before. I think that's a great idea. I think it's, yeah. And and so I thought it was great too, until we started doing it. Ah, Here's one of the challenges. Here we go. (laughs) Right. And I was like, all right, I'm too, I'm too far into it. I mean, there's, one scene in particular where the U.S. version, and I'm not even joking, the U.S. version cuts out one line of dialogue. And I'm like, who in the United States thought that they should just cut that one line of dialogue out of the movie in the middle of this scene where these people are talking? So, you know, you got these guys speaking in Spanish, and then all of a sudden there's like one line in English, and then it goes back to Spanish. But... (laughs) 
you know, that's a, that's a, it's an optional, it's an optional soundtrack. Right. So, right. You know, you don't have to watch it that way. Um, you know, we'll have the full Spanish uncut version and then we'll have the U S cut, you know, in English, and then we'll have this other, uh, you know, so it'll be an interesting extra, you know, it'll be, I, you know, it, I just, I just thought it was kind of cool that way. You know, tombs has always been one of my favorites. I've loved tombs of the blind dead since I was a kid. And I, and I was like, okay, for this one, I want to kind of do something cool and new. And so, so we did. And, you know, Harry Garrow, who is the, you know, the, the, the man who is like saving, you know, is saving drive-ins and saving, you know, these classics in his own collection. You know, he gave us the Revenge of Planet Ape opening and for the extras and stuff like that. So and we've, we've got a documentary about, you know, that's sort of a, a follow-up to our documentary that was in Manchester Morgue where it, you know, it dabbled in the, the Spanish, you know, film industry at the time. Well, this is kind of a continuation of that. Oh, great. It's really, great. really great. great. So, so it's, it, you know, it's going to be a great package, but you know, we, we'd like to get it out sooner than later, but uh, you know, you know, not, you know, again, very being very optimistic, I would love to have it out you know, around, you know, the first of the year. Right. Well, and, and, yeah. And, and, you know, Jerry, if I talked about that too, where it's like, you guys want to get them out. You want people to see these, but like you've said, but not until, mm-hmm. not until all of the obsessive people like ourselves don't have anything obvious to complain about because right. that's what you want right. to buy well, too. That's exactly it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and again, we're just two guys, you know, sure. If I had 10 employees, you know, Jerry could do the deals. I could do the QC and, you know, the supervision. Somebody else could do the, the you know, the menus and somebody else could do the audio and somebody else could do this and coordinate the action. We don't have that luxury. You know, we don't have multiple employees. It's just me and Jerry sitting in the office. You know, I, I'd rather have it that way, to be honest. I mean, the fans would be like, ooh, Synapse takes forever. Well, we take forever because we just want to make sure it's right. Sure. And, sure. you know, sometimes right. you get, uh, and, and I'll admit, sometimes you get a little overzealous and you say, hey, you know, we got Suspiria, awesome. And then, you know, it doesn't come out for like six years. But, <laughs> right. but you know, we, we've learned our lesson and we're no longer going to, you know, do that. I mean, with the Kindred, you know, no fault of ours, it right. took like 15 years. Right. And know? Jerry's Jerry's discussed, yeah, the, the, the business problems with that too and it's actually a joke that i would come up to jr hit every show and actually i stopped doing it i started feeling bad because i knew people were actually <laughs> were actually gunning for you guys over that movie and one of the questions i actually had written down here i'm going to just read it verbatim for you for today's okay. for this kind are you sick of being asked about the kindred <laughs> <laughs> actually everybody does it's almost a joke at this point yeah but, right <laughs> you know it's it's i i'm working on it now okay. i mean i'll tell you it's it's you know i mean when whenever this podcast airs um i don't know how many weeks ahead you, mm-hmm. we are but you know i finished the blu-ray and uh my my guy that does the authoring for us best guy in the business uh he's on vacation so I sent him an email while I was on vacation. I was like, hey, I finished the Blu-ray. So when am I going to get my DVD? And he's like, I'm on vacation. But when I get the DVD, I still got to go through it, check the encodes, check the mono, check the 5.1 
check the commentary, check the hour-long documentary that we have, check the extras, check the navigation, make sure, you know, so that, that, you know, you can't just snap your fingers and give it to a replicator when it's done, because if you don't check it, then you end up, you know, with one of a million problems that you have to recall. So, you know, it's, you know, the, the, the steel books are finished. The booklet inside is not. The CD is finished. The Blu-rays, we're very close to getting it announced. So, you know, it's 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 going to happen. It's going to be out before Christmas. Everybody just finally, yeah. And now the proof will be in the, uh, you know, all these people who were bitching for fifteen years that were waiting for the Kindred. Let's see if they buy it. Right. <laughs> well, I've had I've had Jerry promise me everything from being the first guy that can order it to everything because I've been waiting for that movie forever. But I'm I'm in line. There's a lot of people I'm waiting for it. But you know what though? I mean. Yeah, that that took a long time. I know there was a lot of issues with the rights and all that, and it took a long yeah, time. Yeah, and that was out of and, our control, right. you know? I mean, we got sucked into that mess, but it was completely out of our control, the delays and everything. And then, you know, and I'll be honest, when, when it was time to do it, when they say, hey, okay, so here's the material and here's what we got, and I was like, okay. And then I looked at it and I went, man. Too many years have passed. I can tell that this is an old master. I don't want to do that to the fans. So I went back, I grabbed the material, and I rescanned everything. And that means rescanning, recolor correcting, recleaning, remixing the audio to match the new picture. So, you know, that's the kind of thing, that's the reality is that when you you can change something, but then it's you got to start all over again. Right, you which know? which kind of leads me uh, into demons. You did demons again, and was that why? Did you feel like you wanted to do it better? Well, no, no. It was you know it was it was offered to us, and we said sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we did improve some things. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I'm that obsessive, <laughs> that obsessive compulsive person in me. You I know, like that though. As a as a collector, yeah, if the, there's the a fans, new scan, yeah, I, I love that. I want to yeah. see it. You know. The, the fans were, you know, it, it came out and, you know, in 4K and then, you know, elsewhere. And the fans were like, well, no, Synapse has to fix this. They have to fix this. They have to fix it. So we did. You know, it's, it's, I, they, you know, people were like, well, the U.S. audio doesn't sound very good. And I'm like, okay. So we went back and we mixed, you know, the U.S. audio is, is our, our version. And then, uh, the the Demons Two soundtrack, the the two channel international English soundtrack is actually in stereo, on ours. On the other one, it wasn't. So you know, we we actually had the the stereo. So we we said, okay, well, we're going to fix this. We're going to make our stereo. The other one's not. And and so we just you know fixed it that way. And we've added all of our extras that were on our uh, the other versions that have come out over the years, plus extras that are you know from us on our old steel books. And uh, it's going to be a great package. I mean, it looks it looks and sounds really good. I mean, Demons is one of those. It's kind of like Suspiria. If you really look at it and you and you watch it, it's one of those that has a. I mean, Demons especially has. A really interesting color palette. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. and and so it really lends itself to the 4K, right. the Dolby Vision. It's it's like okay, you know, I can I can deal with this because 
you know, a lot of, I mean, I, I'm not going to name names, but there's a, a specific person in the industry that's been running around saying, why are people doing 4Ks of, of these movies when they're not really needed? That's not necessary. Why are you calling things, you know, 4K restorations? You're using the word restoration. What does, what does restoration mean for a movie that's only 10 years old? And, you know, he's got some valid points. But there, but there are a lot of movies out there that, you know, the, the 4Ks uh, look better than the, 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 sometimes these scans of some of these movies were done, you know, 10, 15 years ago or more. And so you look at it and you go, well, even a new scan of something, even on 35 millimeter like Demons, do, doing a new scan in 4K is going to be a, a major improvement. Right, right. And it is. Yeah, I can you know? tell. And, and so, yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, your Demons Blu-rays look really, really nice. You know, is the 4K going to make that much of a difference? And, and to my eye, because of the uptick in resolution, the color palette being the wider color palette for 4K and the and the, the Dolby Vision is used correctly. It's not overzealous. I it's it's a huge. I can tell I can tell like it's almost like a film grain thing. You can see the finer details, even if it's a Blu-ray scanned it like if you scan it 4K and put it to a Blu-ray, I can I can see that that upgrade. Versus something that uh-huh. was scanned in 2K that's put on a Blu-ray. I love things that were scanned in 4K on a Blu-ray. Of course, I love it on a 4K disc as well. Yeah, but I yeah. can tell a difference and, and on a people Blu-ray. People do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people do that a lot. But the the other thing too is a lot of like, well, for example, the Breakfast Club from Criterion. Mm-hmm. You know, Universal. Well, I guess a better one would be, you know, Weird Science. Mm-hmm. Weird Science is old Blu-ray. I love that movie. You know, I think it's it's hilarious, and I really and I got that that Universal Blu-ray years ago, and I was like, "Wow, this looks really bad," and I've never really enjoyed watching that Blu-ray. Then the new version comes out, new scan, new technology, new you know new ways of doing things. Uh, you know, the scanners are better; they're more improved. Uh, restoration tools are better. You know, so over the last 10, 15, 20 years, the technology used to remaster these movies is far and away better than mm-hmm. what they used to be. So even if your old weird science kind of looks weird and kind of smeary and, you know, they've kind of taken the film grain out, the new version with the new scan, you know, retaining the grain, a little sharper, more detailed. You know, it might not be because it was, you know, something was scanned in 4K when before it wasn't. It could be just the uptick in the technology used. That could be, you know, that could be the reason why it looks so different. You know, so everything's constantly improving. And, uh, you know, I, I was mentioning it to the other day, you know, a, a fan came up to me and said, you know, hey, I'm thinking about getting into this business. You know, how, how did you get into this business? And, you know, my first reaction is, oh, God, don't, don't try it. Cause you're just, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're, you're going you're to hate yourself in 30 years if you're still in this business. Yeah, you're thinking no, of the stress but, you're but, under right now going, kid, yeah, kid, but, run, but, run but, from but, me but, now. But, but, right, run away. Go, go, you know, go work at State Farm or something, please. Right, right. Get, a, get a good job. You know, but, yeah. um, but the truth is, you know, I graduated uh, high school in 85. Graduated college. I was on the five-year plan because I had, I worked through college to to pay the bills and to live. So I worked in a bunch of video stores. Graduated in ninety, 
And so all the things that I learned in college, you know, I was in broadcasting. I did, I got a degree in broadcasting. I was in radio, TV, photography, the whole thing. And outside of the photography aspect of it, where, you know, one year I decided to open up the color dark room and do my own color photography. Uh, and my, my instructors and the people of the head of the department thought I was nuts. They're like, you're going to try color. You're, what are you, a masochist? And I was like, well, nobody else is using it. I had to clean the spiders out of the color dark room, you know, in fact, because nobody was, nobody was using it. Everybody was right. black and white, black and white, black sure. and white. You know, it's easier to teach black and white. Right, so, right. But but what what I'm getting at is is they go well what did you do how did you get into this business well I got a degree in broadcasting but everything I learned in college regarding television broadcasting is is gone by the way of the dodo right so you know technology in this business is constantly changing and you can see that in the mastering and the compression and the authoring of the discs that we're seeing on the shelves. Um, none of the things I learned in college for television broadcasting or anything I, 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 I've used, I haven't. So when the fans come up to me and they go, well, how do I do this? How do I get into the business? It's like, I really don't have an answer for you. I mean, maybe go to, maybe go to broadcasting. Maybe I, I, I guess, I don't know what they teach there now. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I, I went to know? school for <laughs> electronics <laughs> engineering, basic for 20 years ago. I, I graduated for electronics engineering. People ask me a question, like go buy a new one. How the hell do I know? Right. You know, it's like, basically right, right. it's, it's know, almost it, like an Amish way of looking at it from when I graduated to now. So I totally know exactly what you mean. I mean, technology, it's hard to get a degree and any kind of technology, you almost just need to jump in and, and strap yourself in and go on the ride and try to keep right. up with it. Yeah, that's and that's what I do every, mm -hmm. with every project. Seriously. Right. Right. It's like when I, when I jumped into this business in 90, 1992, I was working as a manager or a buyer of a, of a, of a Laserdisc store. You know, I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, it's, it's it, it, funny how, how things work out. Um, the star, I, I mean, when I got out of college, I had the opportunity to be uh, like a news person on Channel 20 in Springfield, Illinois. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. I, I took the fireman's exam and, you know, it was like number 13 on a list of, you know, 200 people. So 12 people had to die for me to get a job. And I was like, well, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I was uplifting. like, well, like, at least I'm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was like, I don't want to be a fireman. I don't want to be a, a newscaster. I went to state farm. They offered me a job in like New Mexico somewhere. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that either. So I just kind of took the bull by the horns and called George Romero and said, Hey, can we do night of the living dead? And he's like, uh, sure. You know, he goes, nobody else has asked me. <laughs> so, and, and, but I didn't, but I didn't know anything i knew how to i knew what laser discs were because i was selling them and i was you know I, and I was a fan i still have a lot of my laser discs from like 30 plus years ago in my basement uh -huh. and a couple of players i didn't know how to put one together right I, I knew what they were and i wanted to but so i just kind of learned it and this was in the days before the internet really mm -hmm. you know there wasn't really an internet in 92 right i right. mean there was but it was very limited you know to chat rooms and stuff mm. so i just kind of 
I just kind of learned and I, and I watched people, I observed people and, you know, 30 years later, I'm still observing and I'm still watching and I'm still dealing with the technology. You know, now, you know, it went from, Hey, let's, let's do this, you know, in PAL format and then down convert to, to NTSC because you'll get the higher resolution. Now it's let's scan in 4k and you'll get a little bit of an uptick in detail and resolution. So it's, it's doing the same things with, different equipment and I'm still, you know, the, the, the software is changing. The, the tools are changing. The scanners are constantly being upgraded. Now they're talking about 8k and I'm like, okay, now am I going to have to, you know, am I going to have to learn how to do 8k now? Right. What, you know, what? Right. <laughs> who's right. going to do 8k and how much is that going to cost? Right. And we're all going to have to buy magnifying glasses to see the difference at some point right. in the resolution. Right. Exactly. And yeah, um, and yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, I have a projector in my basement. It's a, a JVC. It's a 4K projector, and it's got what they call 8K. It's a native 4K right. projector, but it's got 8K E-Shift. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what am I going to watch on this thing that's going to up-res my 4K to 8K? And, of course, you you know, to play with it, you hit the button, you turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off. There's no difference. Right. <laughs> Right. I'm like looking at this and I'm like, I, there's no, I, this is silly, you know? So it's, it's, it's just, just, you know, it's a constant learning curve. So, you know, while Jerry and I are putting out, you know, new movies and and, and things, you know, there's always that next technology, you know, I've lived through VHS, laser disc, DVD, Blu-ray, and now UHD Blu-ray, and let's not forget there was that PlayStation format. You know those little those little PlayStation discs. Everybody, you know, we never did that because I never thought that it would take off, and I was right. But and then you got Divix, you know, <laughs> the veil for. So yeah, so I mean, it's like we're always now we we're always chasing the next format and figuring out. You know, it took us years to adopt Blu-ray and took us years to do UHD. It's like Criterion, you know, Criterion, how many years has uh, has UHD, you know, 4K been available? Criterion just announced. Right, right. You know, they they waited, they waited too, because it's like, well, are we going to pour all this money into doing all these things, you know, fancy, you know, you do something in 4K, you're, you're looking at a lot more cost involved than something that you've done on just 1080p. And it's like you have to trust people are going to buy the players, right? Yeah, are we gonna are we gonna spend all this money to do this in 4K and then nobody's going to care? You right. know, I right. mean, it's it's that's the that's the battle. But you know, when I tell people, you know, they want to, you know, get a lot of fans, a lot of people that really they, they're like, yeah, hey, I I really want to get into the film restoration business, and I'm like, oh God, you know, anything <laughs> but that. Right, right, right. Well, you know, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna drive yourself crazy. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. You know? Just trying to mix a podcast can drive me nuts a little bit, you know. So I, right, I tell right. you, I'm like, are those levels right? I've been sitting here for two hours. I can't tell anymore. I got to walk away for a day. You know, to even, to even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's that yeah. so, losing perspective, I mean, you know, I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and there's been so many companies that have come and gone, you right. know, in this 30, in the past 30 years. It's like, I, you know, somebody told me there was that I'm in the U.S., you know, the, of a company that started in the U.S., I'm like the longest running guy in this business. And I'm like, I am? I mean, have, I, have I been in this business? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Yeah. You know, it's it's something to be proud of, though, for sure. 
we would go, yeah, going on, you know, 26 years with Jerry mm-hmm. and, you know, four, almost five years before that with my other company. And it's like, geez, wow. Well, you know, and as a, as a, a, like I said, consumer, as a guy that can't wait and sits down and watches these things too, you know, I can see you getting better. If that makes any sense. I know the technology is mm-hmm. getting better, but like, I mean, Massacre Central High looks like it was filmed tomorrow. It looked like they were filming yeah. it outside my house, pumping it to my screen, <laughs> and, but in a good way, not in a, like yeah. in some of the Star Wars releases and things that people talk. I know it's a big title, but some of those things, I kind of agree with people where they're overcooked. They're overcooked. Right. They're to the point where mm-hmm. it looks liquid almost. It's like, is this a cartoon yeah. or is this like anything right, yeah. resembling yeah. a film? But you keep the right. integrity of what was there. Yeah, you know, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just watching Basic Instinct, the 4K, and it came out, uh, you know, and, and I was looking at it and I was like, well, this looks really, really nice. And then somebody brought to my attention that, well, it looks nice, but how long has it been since you've seen it? And I go, God, it's been 30 years since I've watched Basic Instinct. And they're like, well, the color palette's completely changed. It's not the way it looked in the theaters. And then, and then I, I watched it, and then I started noticing that, cert, you know, it's, it's shot on film, but yet the film grain, grain has been mitigated. Uh-huh. And so they're, like, taking the film grain out of these, these movies, and I'm just, and that bugs me. Mm-hmm. That really bugs me. I know, you know, the general consensus is, eh, it looks too grainy. You know, the customers don't understand. You know, you, you, they, they don't get that films are shot on film. Film, film grain is inherent in, in the format. Sure, you know, you're right. going to have film grain on anything that was shot on film is going to have some film grain. Right. That's why it's and, called. And, film and then I'm, but now, you know, I'm noticing that, you know, certain films, they're taking it out. And it's just like, oh, no. And I, you know, I don't want to do that. You know, that's not something that I, I would ever do if I, you know, I don't want to take film grain out of something, you know, but then, but then, you know, filmmakers and directors, sometimes they change things too. Even Renee Dalder, you know, I mean, anybody who's a fan of Massacre at Central High knows, and we even talk about it on the extras, you know, that, that crazy theme song oh. is just, I know, right? I mean, it, it's At just the like crossroads but, of your life, <laughs> right? Right, and and the cast members make fun of it. Right. You know, they're like, "Oh my god!" You know, when we were working with Renee, God bless him. You know, I miss him every day. Renee Dalder was a joy to talk to. He was, he was like a passionate filmmaker who really loved to talk, and I loved to talk to him. He was amazing. You know, and I and I felt so awful when he passed away because I was just like, this is, you know, he's like one of the good guys, you know, right, right, and 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 he's being taken away from us, mm-hmm. and and but there were many conversations that he would have on the phone where he's like, Don, I really want to change the the opening song in the in the trend, and I was like, Renee, and I pushed back, you know, I was like, no, I no, Renee, no, I don't want to. You know, but ultimately it was his decision. You know, I, I can't stop him from doing, you know, it's his movie right. after all. Right, right. And, yep. and so, but I had to say to him, Renee, please don't. No, you're going to, you're going to ruin the original movie. You're going to change something that you, that over the years you haven't liked. And yeah, you know, you make fun of it. It was a, maybe a poor choice, but 
it's part of what makes the movie endearing. Agreed. And if you if you go and you change the music to something else, the fans are going to be pissed. Oh, and they're going to be pissed at you, not him. They're going to be right. mad at you, Don they're May gonna, Jr., they're not gonna him. They're going to be pissed at Synapse. <laughs> they're not going to be pissed at Renee, who's going to be pissed at Synapse Films because Synapse Films changed something. Right, no matter how many times so, you tell you know, people it's his call, right, they don't care. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it falls on our laps, <laughs> not yours, right. you know. Which is awesome, so, right? <laughs> so, you know, but that, but that, you know, but he understood, and he's like, all right, all right, all right. And right. then, you know, and then we, we worked with what we had, you know, to, to get it done. Right. And, you know, and I think it it's, you know, but so, you know, we've worked with directors who, you know, kind of like to tinker and they kind of like to change things. And, you know, after the years, they may have second thoughts or they, they say, well, you know, I don't like that. I never liked this. Can we do this? You know, and, and, and that's, you know, kind of the, 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 the part of the industry that I actually in, enjoy and hate at the same time, sure. because, you know, these, these directors have had time for their movies to set in. And then they start thinking, well, if I could have done something differently, I would have. And then when we license a film, then they look at it as an opportunity to fix something that mm-hmm. they've always thought mm-hmm. they made, they made a mistake with. And, and my thing is, I just want to keep it the way it was. Right. Yes. You know, Thank I don't, you. I don't really, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to do it that way. I mean, it's not, again, it's not ultimately my decision because if you piss off a director or a producer and you don't do it, then, you, then you're really screwed. Right, right. But, you know, it's, it's, I just don't want to, you know, I'll play ball with them, but I have to say my piece, you know, sure. and say, hey, listen, you know, your movie's perfect. Right. Don't, don't fuck with it, please. <laughs> right. Well, you know? yeah, and there's, it, I think a good way, of course, it puts a lot more heat and a lot more, uh, digital space on discs and stuff, but sometimes it's like, just give me both versions. If you want to put the version yeah. out that you think is right, fine, but give me the original so I can watch it as yeah. well. Um, right. That that's the only thing that ever bothers. I don't mind people changing things and you know, CGing walkie talkies into hands instead of guns and stuff. Yeah, as long as you give me. As long Gee, as you, no one would ever do that. What are you talking yeah, about? Right, that sounds right. ridiculous. Right, right. But just just yeah, give me the original. Yeah. Um, I got a couple. Right. I got a few direct questions for you to kind of close this out here. Um, a couple mm-hmm. of them I've been asked, and I don't know the answer. And a couple of them I'm just curious about. So they're kind of like quick, rapid, not rapid fire, but a little bit quicker questions uh, that I had for you. One here's here's a here's a nerd question. So okay. you guys are doing Demons and Demons 2. I do believe the street date the street date on that is October 19th. I'm going from memory here. If I if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This episode so far so good. Yeah. Good. October 19th sounds right. <laughs> good. So yeah. I this episode should be out probably right in that area the middle of October I'd say. So it'll be right, right around right now. Right now. Yeah. So the question is and this was a question that was asked to me by a mutual friend. And it was just a question like why did you decide to put out Demons and Demons Two separately on a 4K and a three and a and a Blu-ray uh, mm-hmm. versus Demons and Demons? You know, what I'm saying like, why did you guys decide to release the 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 way right. you did? Well, you know? the, the, the answer is the answer is we get complaints no matter what we do. Okay, so you know we get people we we get. People who, I don't want a DVD in this version, so why don't you just put it out separately? 
you know, they, why are you, why are you including a DVD in this combo? You don't notice we stopped doing a lot of combo packs mm -hmm. for our normal stuff. Uh, and then the same thing with 4Ks. I don't need your Blu-ray. Uh, you know, if I, I've got a 4K machine, so uh -huh. I just want the 4K. I don't want to pay extra for a Blu-ray. So we just said, okay, fine. For the, there's still a lot of people that do not want 4K. There are the fans that that have not upgraded to the 4K yet, and they they don't want to buy a 4K disc because they don't have the machine. So we're giving them the choice. We're okay. like, okay, you want the 4K? You can get the 4K set. You want the Blu-ray? You can get the Blu-ray set. For now, you know it, it, that that's the, the what we're that's the reason why we did it is because there are still a lot of people out there who don't really want to upgrade to 4K yet. Right, right. And you know they the they don't have they don't have the big theater, they don't, you know. So, and then those people that have the 4Ks, what are they going to need the DVDs for? The the 4Ks are going to I think we're seeing a little bit of an uptick now. Mm -hmm. Um where the 4Ks are sort of you know people are sort of adopting it more than they were a couple of years ago, but there are still some holdouts, there are still some fans and you know what? There are a lot of fans out there who are perfectly happy with, with the, the Blu-ray. I mean, shoot, this past weekend in Ohio, mm -hmm. when we were at Horror Hound, yeah, we sold a lot of DVDs. Did you really? That's surprising. Like, yeah. You know, and I mean, we, we were like, you know, somebody would have the, the, the Suspiria DVD in their hand. Really? And we'd be like, well, we, we have the Blu-ray and we have the 4K, and they're like, yeah, DVD's good enough for me. So... <laughs> You know, you 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 get these people who are perfectly happy with their, you know, with their the the not having a 4K. So right, you right. know, the 4K, you know, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, here's a couple more, a couple more questions for you. Okay. Here. Uh, what was, in your opinion, or your experience, I guess, what was the most difficult or troublesome restoration you did so far? Well. So, well, I mean, the the most difficult one was my very first one was Night of the Living Dead because I went in at blind. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, I basically called George on the phone and I said, George Romero, and I said, listen, you know, I want to do this. We should do Night of the Living Dead the right way. And I knew nothing. I, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of fibbed my way into the business with them. I was like, yeah, let's do this. I'm in the, you know, I can do this. And George is like, you know, hey, you know, give us some money and I'll pay each one. You know, it was done by 10 people. Uh, Night of the Living Dead was a was a company that was, well, they called themselves Image 10. There was like 10 people. So we had to pay each one of them an equal amount of money. And they said, you pay us all an equal amount of money, we'll let you do what you, you do. And it was like a trial by fire. I was sweating bullets the whole time. It's like, am I going to, at any moment, am I going to make myself look fucking stupid in front of these people that I don't know what I'm doing and they've locked themselves into a deal. But, but, you know, we hired, we hired THX to help us and Carl Hardman, God bless him, was like the saint who had faith in me, him and, and Marilyn Eastman both and George, you know, they, but, but Carl was with me every day. He was there at the lab. He was watching. He was, he was helping. He was, you know, and I would learn, I would observe and I would learn, but it was a, it was terrible because I I wanted to do this. I got into the business to do this. I, I I George Romero, my one of my idols, was putting his trust in me to do the right thing. 
And I was like sick every day. Like, am I going to fuck this up? Am I going to spend, am I going to do something and I'm going to have to spend a fortune to fix it? You know, what am I doing wrong? But, and we had to create at that time, we had to create a new element because we didn't want to at that, you know, 30 years ago there, you know, there were no scanners. They were just telecines where you would copy the movie onto a tape, you know, with your, color corrections in your in your stuff in your in your timeline we had to create a new element we created a new uh negative for uh night of the living Dead. oh wow use it wow okay yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. We, had, we had to photo we had to photochemically create something completely new because i was worried that you know you put up an original negative and that even happens today you put up an original negative into a scanner and you run the risk of damaging it right right yeah and i have to admit you know my the the second one was suspiria because you know it had to be perfect you know suspiria i couldn't fuck that up i had to be but it had to be the best it could be and i punished myself you know i was working with tabo every day like uh, sending him clips and saying, okay, is this right? And he'd send me back notes and, you know, the words of encouragement from him where he'd be like, Hey, you know what? You, you nailed that scene exactly the way it's supposed to be. You know, there was, there was a, no, 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 this has got to be green. This has got to be this, this has got to be that. And, and the damage that the negative had um, was astounding. Um, I was, you know, the, with the fingerprints and the splices and the glue you know, so it's, it's that those were probably the two most difficult. The first one was the night of living dead was the most difficult really because it was my first time. And I, I, I didn't really know what I was doing and I was worried every day. I was driving myself crazy. I was sick. I was like worried, you know, I was stressed out. I, I couldn't, you know, and here we have all this money on the line and I didn't want to disappoint George and, but it turned out great. And then, the second one was Suspiria just because I knew that if I had fucked that up, the fans would tell me. Oh, you ain't kidding. You know? You're not kidding. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do this wrong. Right. You know? And so I, I mean, we, and I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, but even the guy who did the, the authoring and encoding would tell you, we probably sent that back to reauthor and reencode probably eight times. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just because I was like, no, 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 we got to do this. We got to do this, this, this way. We got to do this, this way. And it was, it was a nightmare for all of us. Um, but it, it worked out. I, I'm those are the two that I'm the most proud of. That's, that was going to be my next you question know? too. What, what <laughs> one are you most proud of? I thought Suspiria for sure would be what you would say because of the, yeah, because of what I saw. Right. It's the best transfer I've ever seen. I'm not just saying that because you're on the, I'm not just saying that because you're talking to me. I'm, and I have a lot of other ones I love too that you didn't do, but that one to me is the best. That's not, not a spirit. I have other, I have other, you know, transfers and Blu-rays I think are beautiful, but that one just from what I know of that film, which is a lot like most of us do, Mm -hmm. uh, there Mm -hmm. is no getting anything else out of that. If you do that, you're going to overcook it. But that's to me is the most brilliant restoration I've ever seen. Thanks. What was the easiest restoration you've ever done? Um, well, a movie that uh, is, is, might be little known for the horror fans out there, but 
you know, Roger Nygaard, we worked with uh, on Six Days in Roswell many years ago. Love the guy. You know, he's really funny. He's really talented and he's a great guy. And he said, hey, you know, I got suckers back. You guys want to do suckers? Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. You know, and he goes, well, I've already done everything. So here. <laughs> like, oh, okay. You know, he did the mixing. He did the commentaries. He did the, the, the color. He did the restoration. And it passed he did your everything. filter? It passed your filter? Yeah. Nice. I mean, you know, I was like, okay, all right. right. You know, I could use a break, you know, <laughs> you know, Roger. I mean, Roger's really, really great, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and he was, and, and, and for those out there that may not, you know, be fans of other things than horror, you know, and buy our horror stuff and kind of ignore the other stuff that we do. Suckers is amazing. It's really, really funny. And, you know, and it also, you know, the guy who, one of the guys who's in Suckers is also the lead of the Kindred. So, you know, we were like, yeah, we're going to do this. You know, David Allen Brooks is in both of those. And, 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 you know, but that, that was the easiest because the, the director just said, here you go. And it was all like done. Right, right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, <laughs> all I did was like tweak a couple of subtitles, you know, I was like, oh, that one subtitle is different. So. I was done with it in like a couple of days. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right. And, you know, we've known Roger for so long. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a cool dude. I love Roger. He sends us the greatest Christmas cards every year. You know, with him like, oh, hope you're having a great Christmas in Michigan. And it's like him laying on a beach with like a nude woman, you know, beside <laughs> him. You know, it's like, have, right. have, have fun in freezing cold Michigan. I'm having a great time. You know, <laughs> right, that's right. the kind of person that Roger is. I really love the guy. I think he, he's awesome. Great. So that yeah. was the easiest. But okay. it was also one of the most underseen because, you know, people know us for our horror stuff. Sure. And I really think that people need to, to see suckers because I, I find suckers hilarious and, and, you know, a lot it's, you know, even like Kamal from the jerky boys, uh-huh. um, I've, I've known him for years and, you know, he'll call me to see how I'm doing. You know, he called me when my mom died and stuff and, you know, and when he found out we were doing suckers, he was like, you're doing suckers, the, the car movie. And I go, yeah. And he goes, Oh my God. And he started quoting the dialogue and the joke. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I go, are you serious? He goes, dude, you have no idea how funny we all, all like people in, you know, on his side, like the, the funny, the comedians and stuff, they, they all love it. It's so funny. And I, uh, you know, anybody out there listening to this podcast, give it a shot if you haven't seen it because it's, it's really great. So here's the last question, Don. All right, so let's say that you're just Don May Jr. You 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 don't work for Synapse, but you're let's just say you're like a freelance restoration guy. Let's just say that, okay? Okay. What's the one movie? I don't care if it's something that's out by a rival company or something. Let's just for the one mm-hmm. minute say I'm not going to have the Synapse helmet on or anything. What's the one movie right. you would love to restore given the chance? Easy. I, I, that's an easy one. I want the exorcist to come out in the way it was, it was made in the seventies. Nice. We, we, you know, there, there has not been a real version of the, 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 the theatrical version of the exorcist. I don't care what they say on the packaging. The only version 
of The Exorcist that has been out on home video that matches the theatrical experience that you would have seen in the 70s is on the old Snapper Case Exorcist DVD from a thousand years ago. You watch the new version of The Exorcist. They've tweaked the audio. They've changed things. They changed the, the jump cut at the end to a morph. And I and they changed the Warner logo. I, I would just want The Exorcist the way it was seen in the 70s. No bullshit. Give it to me in mono. Put the put the, the jump cut back in at the end that they... I, I mean, it's so silly. You've got a movie from the 70s, and the, I, I mean, it, William Friedkin's a genius, but for fuck's sake, dude, you know, you don't, you, there was no, there was, there was no morphing technology in the 70s. Right, right. So to have a, to, to have that stupid morph at the end takes me out of it. It's like, ugh, you know, and, and, uh, I just want to do the exorcist. I mean, you can have the version you've never seen. You can have the, the five one and the, you know, and the one with the, the morph and the, you know, the, but just give me the other one. Give me, give me the, give me the exorcist with the red Warner brothers logo with the mono soundtrack with the, you know, the, give me the, 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 the jump cut and, and I'd be happy. And that's the one that I want. I mean, the exorcist is, is probably, I mean, it's kind of a tie between, Dawn of the Dead and and The Exorcist, but you know The Exorcist would probably be my favorite horror film of all time. And, there we go. And I feel like and I feel like we need to have that preserved the way it was seen in the seventies. You know, and again, we were just talking about this earlier. It's how the directors kind of fix they what they think are their mistakes, mm-hmm. or they they tweak things. I mean, William Friedkin is notorious for tweaking. It's like him and Michael Mann. They mm-hmm. go back in and they tweak and they change and they 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 do things to their movies mm-hmm. that. They just decide, hey, uh, you know, I never liked this aspect of it, so I'm going to change it. Well, The Exorcist is a fucking perfect horror movie, mm-hmm, really. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Don't change it. Give me the one that was out in the 70s the way it was, and I'd be happy. And I, I would I would jump at the chance to do that the right way, just because I think even the original version in mono with the non, non-digital tinkering is probably would be the most perfect horror movie for me. Gotcha. Well, there you go. There's, there is the one that Don made you yeah. would love to. I, I saw a, uh, I saw an, an interview with Steven Spielberg years ago where he, he told a little story how he was in his little home theater probably a giant home theater. And he was watching the original war of the worlds and he saw the ropes that were, that uh-huh. were, you know, on the spaceships and he got a kick out of it and he uh-huh. loved it. And he was like, man, he yeah. goes, he goes, this is so great. He's like, that I can actually see this. And I remember when I was a kid, I never noticed that before. And while he was thinking these things, he had actually dawned on him with the guns and the walkie-talkies and ET. And he said, he it just it just all fell together for him. And he said he'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. He'll never he'll never yeah. take his fil- now. I may be color correct or something like that, like they did with Jaws and things. But he said, you know, yeah. I, I just never. And then the interviewer guy said. Could you talk to George Lucas? <laughs> Spielberg goes, you talk yeah. to George Lucas about this shit. I ain't saying that, <laughs> you know. So, right, right. But, but there yeah. you go. So, you know, so yeah, it's like it's like with Carrie. You know, Carrie is another one of those. The original Carrie, the De Palma, where you, you know you see the knives 
on, on the wires. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just that it's just, it's even as a kid, I, you know, yeah, yeah it's part don't of it. take that stuff out. Stop, stop messing with it. Right. You know? Right. I mean, there's a lot of people who like, um, like Maniac Cop, mm-hmm. you know, and Tom Atkins, you know, goes out the window. The, the stunt guy is wearing a, a rope. He's got a, a safety harness. Uh-huh. And it's like, I don't want to take that out. Right. You know, right. it's, it's no, I don't want to digitally remove the safety harness. I don't, I, I want to leave it in. And those little things like the wires and the, it's part of the audience participation. They're, yeah. they're participating in the movie, allowing, uh, helping it along. And so they almost mm-hmm. become a part of the experience because those things they can, they can ignore and stuff. And it's almost like when they try to take all those little things away, it's like the audience becomes a piece of meat you're just shooting the mm-hmm. film at, and they don't yeah. have to participate anymore in it and help the film along. And I think that's the beauty of some of the older films that we've talked about together and everything, the 50s and some of mm-hmm. the things. have Obviously, silly films, but guess what? They're entertaining. They're not supposed to be real serious and real life-altering. Yeah. They're supposed to be fun little time wasters to make you forget your crappy day. Right. And, and that's what they are. What about the opposite? sort of thing where you clean up something that everybody thinks is one way and then they go, ah, it's too clean. Ah, it doesn't, you know, uh, like, well, I mean, Texas Chainsaw comes to mind and I think it's, it's, it's a funny anecdote. If you, you know, is that when I worked with Toby on Chainsaw, I was in the same room with him. We were working on it together and, you know, everybody, you know, when it came out, everybody's like, ah, it's too clean. It's not the grungy looking, chainsaw that documentary style that i remember when i was a kid and it you know the 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 way it's newly transferred kind of takes away some of that grunginess that made the movie the way it is for me and and i and toby was like i didn't fucking make a grungy movie I didn't, I, I made it, I, you know, I, he was like, I made it to, to, to the best of my ability. I didn't make Chainsaw look like shit because I wanted it to look like shit. You know, he's like, I made Chainsaw to look like a real movie, not a, you know, and it was, it was just a matter of the distributor and the elements that they used and the prints that they made. Sure. And he goes in, and that's why people think it look, you know, the way it looks. He goes, I didn't make my movie look like that. <laughs> right. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wanted my movie to look like a real movie. Right. And, and, but people, people complain because you, you remember aspects of a film that are important to you. And then when you see them on 4K or whatever, and they're different, then you're like, eh, it's not the same. Right. You right. know, and I, and I get it. I get it, you know, and, but, but it's just you know you 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 just got to do it the 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 you know you got to there's a compromise between the filmmakers and somebody like me who's trying to do this but well as a as a as a collector of physical media Don, I like to on behalf of physical media thanks for your work in doing that and making sure that we get those those original versions and restored yeah, the best way you. they can they can do and i think that Look, I think the reason why people complain, they're just excited. That's all. Their yeah. their anxieties yeah. are being filtered toward you and Jerry. Well, you know, and stuff. You know, I and don't I, yeah. I, I don't blame them, you know, sure. when you announce something and it takes fifteen years <laughs> for it to come out. Yeah. You know. I get it. I right. understand. But right. they don't know 
you know, like Jerry and I always say, you know, I mean, we're, look, we're not adverse to criticism. You know, we right. see it, we get it in emails, we get, and that's part of the job. Everybody gets that. Sure. You know, there's not one label that I know that doesn't get shit every day, you know, whether it be on a forum or in an email, but you know, they don't walk in our shoes. They don't know what we deal with every day. They just, on the surface, they're just like not happy for, for whatever reason. And they, they just, but but you know, walk a mile in our shoes someday, and you know you might want to you might want to find a new profession. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, you, you know? right. Well, and like, hey, oh my God. yeah, really? right. And that's yeah. what and that's what this 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 podcast is for is to is to have that open dialogue with you, Jerry, and the fans sure. and people and stuff. So I'm sure. I'm very glad that we finally found a little bit of time. We were actually going to do this at Horror Hound, and I remember right when I showed up at Horror Hound, I'm thinking. When are we going to find time to do this? This is the worst idea because we're always so busy <laughs> well, and tired. It would have helped if I was. It would have helped if I was feeling a little better. Well, that's true too. too. That's true I, too. So, are you yeah, feeling better now? Yeah. I hope you're feeling better now. I am. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You know, Excellent. I, I I think it was a a certain unnamed chain steak restaurant that made me feel. Oh, I hear you. But once it was out of my system, I was miraculously better. Gee, how, how does that work? <laughs> right. Uh, well, I hope yeah, the next one. Yeah, hope the yeah. next one's more comfortable for you, which would be, of course, by the time anybody hears this, you'll already be done with Wasteland. But hope you guys have fun yeah. in Wasteland. I won't be able to be there. I'll be at another show. But uh, hope you guys do well mm-hmm. there. And we're going to keep everybody updated on all the news and all the release dates when we get the official release dates. Otherwise, trust me, Don and Jerry are trying to get them right. as safely yeah. and as thoroughly as possible into your hands so you have them forever. Right. Well, I'll tell you, you know, Demons, the Demons and Demons 2 sets are on schedule for October 19th. Um, the discs, anybody who ordered from our website will probably get them earlier oh you know that's one of the that's one of the that's one of the 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 niceties i mean of of ordering direct from us is you'll get them before anybody else and i think that's going to happen with demons and demons too where you know we're going to get them well before october 19th and anybody who orders from our site directly will get them before anybody else and then the next one on our agenda is the Kindred. Oh, so, boy. am I excited? That's going to yeah. be like a six-hour show. And uh, you know, and we'll, you know, we will be announcing it shortly. I, I, I would be lying if I said if I if I if I told you I wasn't working on the the, the listing this morning. Good. So, oh, can't wait. And then we're going to have to talk yeah. to you again about all that and. And hmm, boy, I yeah, can't wait, I mean, what, maybe we should have a maybe we should have a kindred show. I, there's going <laughs> to be at least about. one kindred show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for I sure. mean, it's just uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 sad, you know. Right. It's, it's a sad thing. It's like one of the most stressful things I've ever had to deal with. Right. You know, getting right. this and and fifteen, literally. I mean, I I think I'm right. I think it was fifteen it years ago. It is. Yes. That we announced it, right? Yeah, right. and now it's finally coming out. And so, you know, but it was just a big comedy of errors and uh, lessons learned, and you know, and kind of opened both Jerry and I. It opened our eyes as to how crazy this business can become sometimes. Right? You know, you don't you don't think about it until it actually happens. Oh, sure. Like, oh right. Oh my God, really? Right. Well, yeah. 
Well, there's so. a tease for the for the Kindred show because it's a wild story, and and we're gonna save it for for the uh, Kindred story. Yeah, <laughs> what, we, what we're yeah. allowed to talk about, sure. what we're not, we're gonna have to figure out what we can. Say and what we can't. But, I'm gonna have to get my yeah. editing skills going on that on that <laughs> on that podcast for sure. Yeah. I'll probably. I think right. I'll I'll be the guy you keep sending it back to this time. I'll be the technician you keep sending it back. No, we gotta right, cut right, that out. Yeah. No, we gotta cut that out. No, yeah, I can't call. Yeah. That guy a flaming well, asshole. He's still around. The, you know? the, the, <laughs> the, the one thing I can say is it was completely out of our control. Sure, and, right. Uh, right. So it was no fault of Synapse that it took 15 years. And uh, I, I'll, I'll take the blame for the last two because I had to go back and start over once we were given the go ahead. But you know, it's oh. uh, it's uh, it was it's a, an interesting story for sure. What, what you mean? You mean you didn't want to put an antiquated you know, transfer out there for people to give something else to bitch about. A 13 year old D five transfer out now. Now I don't know why, uh, why I don't understand. Yeah. I was like, nah, you know what? We've waited, you know, we've waited 13 years. What's a couple more. I'm going to redo this. I totally agree. Totally agree. Much appreciated. So, all right, Dom, we're going to let you go. And then we're going to have you back on here soon whenever we can. Absolutely. Appreciate again the time and um, anything you'd like to say to the fans besides just a big thank you for everything. Well, uh, I just appreciate you all, and Jerry does too. You know, one of, again, one of the things that we like to do that we always tell the fans: Hey, if you got a question, you got a problem, give us a call. And you know what? When you call our office, it's either Jerry or me that answers the phone, mm-hmm. and uh, we are fans ourselves, so we get it. And uh, don't be afraid to give us a call and ask us a question. Sure. All right. Well said. All right. Well, thank you very much, Don. So we will talk to you here soon. All right, man. Thank you. There you have it, folks. Don May Jr. himself. And thank you, Don, for taking the time. And talking to us here, the friends and fans of Synapse Films. And of course, as always, thank you, Jerry Chandler, for taking the time and speaking as well. Remember, you can email me at tim at synapsefilms.com with any questions you may have pertaining to this podcast or Synapse Films. And keep checking the website for when some of these releases are finally available to order and get into your hands. It was an honor and a pleasure to be your tour guide on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Until we meet again, be safe, be good to each other, and be right back here next time for the next episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. We couldn't be here without you, the fans. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for your continuing support of Synapse Films. 